Alderman Edward M. Burke, 14th Ward, stands trial this week. Corruption trial. And I've got a lot of history with him. Think of it that you're looking at a building, a two-flat, and there's a lace curtain. Because I always thought of the Burks as lace curtain Irish. Good at wakes. They went to the wakes all the time. The Burke never, as, as I know, never tried to cut in line at a wake. Did all the things that you're supposed to do, conventions like that. Congratulated the veteran on the return home from the war. Congratulated the father and mother at the graduation of the child. The uh, honoring the dead in obituaries. But all that's coming down now. Jeff Carlin and I will be talking about it. On the Chicago Way on WGN Plus. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall-style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way, absolutely. Look, the, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way, that's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river, Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. So here's something I never thought I'd see. Alderman Edward Burke preparing to put an orange federal jumpsuit on, handcuffs, and the rest. I never thought I'd see it. And you know what? I truly don't like I don't like it when I see people who were terrified of him and didn't say anything about him in the media for years and years. And now they're acting all tough, like a bunch of jackals coming after the lion when the lion broke his leg. And it, I can't help it, but I, I don't like that, Jeff, Jeff Carley. <laughs> yeah, John, it's... Uh... Wow, I mean, pinstripes for orange suits, the famously dapper Ed Burke sits in court as we as we and I record this, and it's going to be quite a, quite a thing to see everything laid out on the table because this, I mean, this case has been in the works for seven years now, eight years at least, as far as we can tell from the br- Yes, the brave thing was, look, when you're a young FBI agent and you're going after uh, somebody like Burke, who has a lot of power, right? that's one thing. Because that young FBI agent was alone, or generally alone. And then they, they built a case and built up uh, an argument and the Justice Department decided, yeah, let's go after him. Right. Like they're going after Madigan. What I'm seeing is Madigan and Burke as the last of their breeds. Sure. And they're going to be 
mocked by a series of jackals in the press, people that I know. I mean, people that I know. And it, it, I don't know what's accomplished. I mean, sure, have they done, have they done the crime? I would assume so. We're going to have a trial, and, and if they're guilty, they should be punished, okay? I'm not trying to defend that. Right. However, look at what's going on in the city. I just put it out put out a tweet this morning that there was a robbery crew going from the South Loop to Bridgeport, back and forward, <laughs> and yeah. robbing people around 937th Street. Well, that's a block away from the 11th Ward headquarters. Could you imagine that happening just years ago when the dailies ran? No. So this whole thing has collapsed. You can see it as uh, Kim Fox and Brandon Johnson kiss their own ass to show how to show, oh, crime is down, crime is down. Really? Morons. And at the the same time, Burke and, and Madigan, to me, represent you might not have liked it. I didn't like it, but there was an order and order and security to the city of Chicago under the auspices of the Democratic Party. When the Cook County Democratic Party was more than just Tony Preckwinkle's plaything, <laughs> right? Right. Greater good, most good. That was the yeah, mentality, right? right? And and it it worked. I mean, it certainly for. Mo large swaths of the community, you know, ever benefited from it. And now that they're gone, we've seen this vacuum in the the far left has kind of stepped in and and filled filled the void, top to bottom. I mean, across the state. I mean, look at Pritzker and what they've done, and and now City Hall here in Chicago and the committee that runs the the county. It's laughable that what 70 years removed from the idea not even that we are fighting communists and socialists around the world to keep the world upright and now they pull the levers and make the laws it's yeah the, now we've got the hamas clock is right. running the democratic party and uh they go to the white house and then demand ceasefires yeah right, right. i mean and, and you know I, I mean it was a young kid at the time i thought the idea and the, the kumbaya nature or concept of socialism it sounds good on paper, but fight know, the power, right? The power. Right, exactly. I'm all for the little guy, but we've seen it in practice over the centuries. And as the, as they, they say about democracy, you know, it's the seems to be the best system we've got. You know, not, well, perf- not perfect, but this this other stuff is just uh, it's just a, a road to ruin. And and like you said, it wasn't the way when. When Burke was in power, I mean, like you were saying, it, it, there was this fear of him. People in, in, the, in the media wouldn't, you know, hush and Andy, Andy Shaw. Wait. Look, I remember. I, I'll tell you. Something. Yeah, tell me. Okay, Andy Shaw was out was trying to bust Burke. Yeah. What about this? He's talking about what about this conflict of interest? What about blah blah blah? And uh, Burke is like, okay, okay, thanks. I have no, nothing to say about it, Andy. And then he keep kept pushing it, and he kept pushing it, pushing and pushing. Finally, Burke says, "You push it one, say it one more word, and we're going to have another discussion." And he and Andy Shaw, stupid that he is, blundered forward, and immediately uh, 
Burke said, well, what about that? Um, what was it? It was some uh, sort of personal personal issue that Burke, that Andy would not want to discuss publicly. Mm-hmm. Something about a, a breakfast, bed and breakfast thing, something. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Burke looked at him and said, do you really want to talk about this, Andy? And Andy just backed off. And that's the 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 sense I get from most of the 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 journalists in Chicago, the vaunted Chicago press corps. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I mean, uh, Franz Spielman doesn't like Burke. I I kind of I'm not a fan of his, but I I don't this I don't despise the man. And then you have all the jackals from uh, socialist media, from the NPR Times, and they're going to chip yeah, at them. Yeah, it's it. It those there's going to be a lot of uh, tap dancing, sure, and grandstanding, and you know it's. Uh, you said it, it's it, the the changeovers has really been stark, and and the fact that there was the structure collapsed underneath him, and you know again one of the reasons why you you need a machine if you're going to run a city like Chicago that's entrenched in all sorts of places and that's what Burke was good at giving the the subsex of the of the community what they wanted at least when i was a kid on paper when i was a kid in high school um friends of mine and i were going to pammy Barrowdale's boat downtown they had a boat in <laughs> one of the big harbors and we're going to party on that boat and so we brought pot and back in those days, pot was a felony. Mm-hmm. Marijuana was a felony. And we had whiskey. I bought, a, I filled up with a box of uh, whiskey. <laughs> and uh, immediately as I was going to the car and I was hearing the sounds of Misty Mountain Hop, there's your music on the, on the radio, AM radio. Uh, a hand, a big hand grabbed me by the shoulder, and it was a cop. Two cops. One was named Lakey. Forget the other's name. <laughs> Lakey was a big, mean copper. And uh, I knew we were busted. And uh, as they were searching the car, I didn't know about the four, uh, unreasonable searches and seizures. Sure. But whatever it was, they found the quarter pound of pop, which was a felony. And uh, I shouted out, don't talk to anyone until you talk to your law. And before I said your, like lawyer, (laughs) second syllable, a big backhand came right in my, (laughs) hit me right in the face. Sure. And I went flying. I never thought of like complaining, like uh, like uh, I was like uh, crying, like to my mommy, like I was a USC quarterback losing a game. It was almost like uh, I didn't. I was just stunned. And then it was a felony beef. We were kids, seventeen years old, and we're full of you know terrifying stories of being sure. in jail and all that. And uh, I didn't say anything. And when we got out of that processing, when my dad came and bailed us out, we went to a lawyer. The lawyer was Ed Burke. 
I didn't know Ed Burke. Sure, right. I, I wasn't I wasn't a journalist then. I wasn't covering him. Right. Know? I remember in the ante room, we were outside the you know office, and I could hear Burke saying, "Remember what I told you. Always <laughs> take care of the coppers first. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And then in the later in court. The um, Mr. Burke, we, we were crowded. There was hundreds of lawyers in Oakland. Then we were all refugees from Chicago. <laughs> lawyers in Oakland, and there, there was a court date, and they were all filing their petitions to be heard in the criminal cases. And here comes Eddie Burke, and he comes to the front of the line, and he sees the judge, and the judge smiles at him and says, hey, how you doing, Eddie? Eddie, how you doing? <laughs> and and Burke said, fine, Your Honor, I'm doing fine. And I looked at Chucky Martello, and we're like, oh, my God, this is a good sign for us. <laughs> and uh, the police officers were on, decided to take uh, furloughs, <clears throat> I don't know how that how what how, did that how cost doing? my father a how lot of money? I don't know. How you doing? I don't know. It was not like that. I think it was more like middle class pay, middle class. Right. Pay, oh yeah, squeezed. Uh-huh. But whatever it was, you know, I'll talk someday about. I've talked about it before yeah. with my father and never forgiving me and yeah. telling me. Well, I, I said, Dad, you got to talk to me. And he said, he took the glass and he said, take this water glass, break it in a thousand pieces, put it all back together. So it looks like it was never broken. And then come to talk to me. Ouch. Right? Oh, yeah, John. I mean, was that, he was, I mean, I, I can have sucked out that, that your father yeah. was, was very conservative in his, you know, style. I, I broke the law and right. my father did not break the law. Meanwhile, my parents were, were children of the 60s, so. <laughs> so your dad would not have, uh, <laughs> no. your dad would still have paid for Burke, but um, he wouldn't right. have berated you. I probably would have berated My mom would have taken me to task for sure. But, I mean, my dad's got a story of, you know, of something similar. He, he's told me, and I don't want to tell his, his story out of school, but. Much the same, you know, somebody knew somebody and you went to this judge and you said the right thing and, you know, you paid a fine and that was the end of the day. You did nothing, <clears throat> you didn't go on your, on your record. Not right. the case for lots of people in the state, unfortunately. Um, well, I, I wrote that, you know, as a yeah. column when there were, I think there were like young girls who were involved in some sort of hazing incident mm-hmm. in Northbrook. And I, I, I saw what was going on and people you know, did they ever make? Did you ever make a mistake? And then I thought of the mistakes I made. Right. And Burke represented us and um, kept me out of jail. I don't know what would have happened if I'd spent one night in jail. You know, I'm sure I wouldn't have gone. But see, then you didn't know. Then that was back before it was legalized pot. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's it was a different different times, and those things have changed. And 
think of all the lives that wouldn't have been impacted if those things had been changed sooner. But yeah, it's it's the lace the lace curtain that I started out with. Yeah. Okay. In the in in the two flats in the neighborhood called Visitation Parish, we called it by the parish name. Mm. Let's say it was on Fifty Fifth and Halsted was generally the area. Fourteenth Ward. And his father, Joe Burke, was a, a a sewer worker. He was like a laborer in the sewer department and political guy. Mm-hmm. The boss of the 14th Ward was a judge named Judge McDermott, part of the family that ran. There was the McDermott's that ran the uh, skid row. So they were looking, so then the alderman of the time was named Clarence Wagner. Clarence Wagner was, uh, I'm told, a corrupt 14th Ward finance chairman who used to have meetings of the finance committee in, like, Florida. <laughs> Perfect, right? In some, yeah. like, swanky hotel. Sure. And uh, they did the they did the uh, Commonwealth Edison fifty year franchise agreement. <laughs> you imagine you, all that. How you going, doing? Yeah, how you doing? Hey, here's a little bid sweetener for yeah, you. Yeah, right. You like sugar, honey? You, you want you, some taste? Uh, have you, you ever been to Florida? It's beautiful <laughs> this time of year. So the thing is that Wagner was told he was going to be the next mayor. Because he did such a good job on the on all the franchising stuff, Commonwealth Edison and all that, mm-hmm. and the mayor of Chicago, Mar- Martin Canelli, somehow got it in his head that he was going to crack down on the policy rackets, <laughs> and he thought the policy rackets were black lottery. He didn't know that there were Italian guys who actually owned them. <laughs> On the the policy wheels, Oops. and so uh, Mister Mister Canelli was told in no uncertain terms by Big Bill Levi Dawson and other machine guys that it's time to go. You're done. We're dropping you. And Wagner was the guy, and he went to go to he went to uh, a fishing trip in, in Minnesota, and driving through. From International Falls, you know what? A funny thing happened. <laughs> uh, a car accident happened, and what? Yeah, with a construct, a road construction crew, oh. and a, and apparently he lost his head. You know? Oh, I mean, oh. literally lost. Yeah. His head. And yeah. there was nothing. There was nothing else to it but for the party to go and tell. Uh, Richard J. Daly, they were going to slate him for mayor. Richard oh, J. Serendipitous. Yeah. And there's a lot to that story. And one of it is involving my uncle. My uncle John Jikas, who owned uh, Lamex restaurant on 55th and Halstead. And also, later, years later, the... Uh, restaurant called uh, Chuck Cavallini's in uh, Midlothian Steakhouse. <laughs> so Uncle John was a, a 
immigrant from Bulgaria, Greek immigrant from Bulgaria, when the Turks were slaughtering people there in the Balkans. And he was a boy and made his way to Chicago and learned Chicago very, the rules very early on. Keep your mouth shut and keep your eyes down. The Chicago way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see nothing. So uh, anyway, at the restaurant, Uncle John was having a card game that night. Card game of, uh, you know, with Judge McDermott and all the 14th Ward bosses, and they're all having a good time. Uncle John was a good card player, but uh, and the next morning, like at 6 in the morning, he was there at the restaurant making coffee, and he sees Judge McDermott. And he says, Judge McDermott, Judge, what's up? Why why are you here? (laughs) And uh, didn't you lose enough money last night? And Judge McDermott said, I've got business at the bank, John. (laughs) Now, this is a Sunday morning. Not many banks are open that I know. Mm, Not many. Not many. And I looked at my uncle, and Uncle John looked at me and he said and i didn't ask why it was why he had to go to the bank on sunday morning (laughs) you understand i go yeah i get it (laughs) and uh at the bank at the bank they opened wagner's uh safety deposit boxes and apparently they gave the widow the widow wagner ten thousand dollars think of it ten thousand that might have been seemed like good money in those days, but really, it was breadcrumbs, right? right? And Burke knows his story. And out of that world, Ed Burke grew up. And Ed Burke learned the game of politics. And Ed Burke learned how to play it. And now I see it's coming to a close for him. And his friends... Many friends of his told Madigan and Burke the same thing. You've got more money than God. Why do you need to be around this? They'd tell Madigan. And Mike Madigan would look at them and say, well, what am I going to do? If I don't do this, what am I going to do? Burke didn't say, what am I going to do? Because he had no intention of ever stepping down. Yeah. But the same thing applies. Burke and Madigan, if they weren't in power, they would have been just two old Irish guys with a lot of money. (laughs) And they couldn't, their egos couldn't handle it. So they kept at it. And Burke, you know, filled the Chicago political lexicon, lexicon with the famous phrase, and that you'll hear a lot of in the next few days. Did we uh, land the tuna? <laughs> and that'll that will never, you know, that will seal his fate when you hear it on tape. And I guess we're not going to hear from Danny Solis, but that's another another story. Oh, I'm sure his voice comes up. I don't know if Danny's going to testify or not, but maybe his voice comes up. I I don't know. And I don't know if he's going to testify about whether he likes Asian girls, you know, in the. uh, (laughs) Right. Right. Didn't he like Asian girls? Yeah, that's that's some of the stuff that's going to come out in the wash is that 
Well, meanwhile, Solice is uh, setting up guys with uh, the, their specific choice of dalliance. He's also talking deals and tunas and, you know, loose lips sink ships. Well, I think his lips uh, are going to be the loosest. Well, I have to ask you now that you know all this backstory, and I'm sure that's the, the story that's interesting to people uh, who like politics, and I happen to like Chicago politics. I'm fascinated by it. I spent my whole life studying it. Mm-hmm. And now I have another issue, which is, Emma Mitz is the uh, alderman from the west side, and she was trying to get to the council for a vote. And what happened, Jeff? Oh, this is the tomfoolery that this is. This is the thing that drives me the most nuts about Johnson and and the whole lot of democratic socialists in communists. You mean yeah, Bolsheviks? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> I, the, this idea that they got elected, therefore, whatever they want to do is is right. Like they've got some sort of edict, or you know, they they went running over there. They just won all the elections, and now we we have to do whatever they say, which is not true. It was a very tight election. It, it, a lot of these elections are very tight. It that's it's there's no open book for them to do whatever the hell they want. So when the times comes to collect a, a, enough older people in council on the Friday before we tape this, the thought by the, the Democratic Socialists is, well, if we don't have enough of us in the room, they can't have enough for a quorum, and then they can't hold a vote. And what the vote, what? Was, the vote what? was, the vote was intended to put a non-binding referendum on a ballot for the city to vote on whether or not they are in favor of Chicago's sanctuary city status. Right. Right. And something that we've talked about, you know, has been in place in, in Chicago for a long time, but recently yeah. has been waved as a flag and drawn fire from places. Uh, it was okay. Texas. Listen, it was okay. Sanctuary city was okay when uh, you had a bunch of white socialists trying to kiss the ass of um, <laughs> Latinos. And so they're saying, well, Sanctuary City, Chicago, right. Sanctuary City. And Harold Washington played that BS game. And mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Black people don't like it because if you're black and you're in Chicago and or if you're black and you're in New York or any other major city, Democrats are telling you, step back off the corner right. because we've got new friends to take care of. Exactly. The, the, the Venezuelans. And yeah. just shut up. And people don't like that, Jeff. Right? No, they don't. And and the Black Caucus, you know, they're calling for this. They're driving force behind this, and they're trying to get people in. And so Alder Emma Mitz was was entering back into the chambers so they would have enough to vote. And Alder Ramiro Rosa, Carlos Ramiro Rosa, who is number one in control, you know, Johnson's Mayor Brenda Johnson's number one lieutenant, it seems, you know, floor leader. A lot of committee power you know, stepped in and physically blocked Mitts and ha- and that's uncalled for. You can't do that. You can't physically, you know, put your hands on somebody else and keep them from doing their job, especially in democracy. And that's and and now the pushback has has been pretty swift. And Ramirez has has resigned as floor leader as we've recording. He's resigned from a couple of chair positions and essentially been neutered like they should be because they they. 
You know, they overstepped the bounds of civility and, and the way democracy is supposed to. Can you work. imagine how this went down? Because I know the media will not touch it, but here's here's I'm just imagining. Okay, Tony Preckwinkle, who's the boss here? Tony Preckwinkle in her paneled mahogany office, dark with a cat <laughs> on her lap. Maybe some little grandchildren outside playing, running around, and the women rushing, saying, "Don't." Uh, Boss Tony is on the, you know, doing business. And here's uh, Carlos Rosa saying, uh, do I really have to give up everything? <laughs> and Tony Preckwinkle's like, I have to protect Johnson. You're going to give up everything. <laughs> Definitely. And then they kiss Godmother. They kiss the hand like, da, na, 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 na. right. Pet the cat. Godmother. Mm. Yeah. T- pet the Pet the cat. <laughs> yeah. Because that's uh, what's happening. Yeah. She, they, they have to exactly. go. Ramirez cannot. Th- and, you know, look, Johnson is not really the swiftest person in the world. I'm sorry to say. I don't usually make fun of people with point, pointy heads. But you know what? What the heck? What the heck is with his pointy head, for God's sake? I don't know what you're talking about. But I do at, think. I want you to look at Johnson's head, the mayor's head. I, I, I will take you a look a, next time. I will, I will, I will, in real time, I'll take a look at this, but I know what you're, I mean, he does, he never has answers. He always sounds like he's, he's making it up as he goes along, which either is indicative of the fact that he doesn't have answers and doesn't know what's going on, or he's not bright enough to think ahead of what the questions might be. Cause I got to tell you the questions that come out of the, the news core, not exactly, you know, groundbreaking and not different. How do you Same feel? Stuff. Right. Yeah, How exactly. do you feel? Are you- when it gets a hard question, it's there's yeah. this pause and then there's this thought process. And he's like, well, should Come I? On, y'all. Right, I've got should- soccer. I've got kids playing soccer and I've got a black wife and black kids. Right. Right. Exactly. I you've guess never, daily, never daily seen had a- like me before. Right. Daily had a white kid and white kids and a white wife. And he's a black guy with black kids and a black wife. Yes, yeah, I, I know. It, that's the thing. Or you're going to figure out how to, well, who's the person asking the question and can I cut them down for asking the question? Those are those two paths. Is, you know, you've never seen anybody like me or you're a racist for asking the question. Like that's, that's his two answers. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm sure you, there was a, a lot of fast movement because this, this whole thing, you know, came down Thursday or Friday afternoon and, and over the weekend, there was plenty of plenty of meetings. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Back channel discussions. You don't mm-hmm. think Emma Mitz was on? Mm-hmm. You don't think John, Mayor Johnson or perhaps Boss Tony called Emma Mitz? Like, what do you want? Right. What do you want, Emma? Yeah. Absolutely. What do you want? What's the Absolutely. price? Come on. And this it, is Chicago way. Talk. Yeah. Can we have some Chicago way here? Come on. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, the players can change, but the system is still the same. And it's it's disappointing. Um, but you know what's funny, John? Something I love, uh, as you and I sat down is to watch, or to tape this rather, I was reading a headline about a story about some sort of anti-Israeli, you know, anti-Semitic attack on a on a house that had supposedly Jewish imagery on the side of it. Turns out it was black Israelites and it was a hate group that targeted the wrong house. Cause they're that stupid. Like we're so people are so caught up in trying to hate somebody or, or, or 
be on the right side of history if, if that's even you know attainable without looking back ten years after the fact. And they want to say, oh, but they don't know. They, I'm gonna, I'm with, I stand with this group or I stand with that group. And that group's like, we don't want you to stand with us. Stop standing with us. You're the opposite of what we want. And I just be careful about this. going after the black Hebrews because they don't play. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're as anti Semitic as anybody. And to be like, what? So you don't, that's just how far gone we are from logic is that people don't even know why they're mad. They just know they've been ginned up to be mad. And that Look, they've been targeted, they've been directed, they've been moved. You know, we had the Enlightenment. Right. I'll leave you with this: we had the Enlightenment, we had the Renaissance, we have had scientific inquiry as the basis of our mm-hmm. culture. And now what? We've got some what some jerk says on Jacobin magazine, and the Marxists, the Bolshevik Marxists, they might as well listen, read the Tribune for one dollar for. A year for six years? No, what is it? One dollar for six bucks for a year? Right? Yeah, right. That's that's valuable. Yeah. Although I want to go on record saying that Jason Meisner is valuable, and so is um, Ray Long and other people there. I feel really sorry for them. Yeah, I mean the investigative wing there does good job. Guess what? Do work. Why don't they just call Eric Zorn and ask (laughs) Eric Zorn if he could run the tribune yeah he could wear like a, a tweed jacket with <laughs> patches on the on the elbows and he could smoke a pipe okay and enjoy uh, yourself yeah. yeah that's if you just just via twitter though I'd, I'd let him run the whole thing for six bucks yeah i'm sure i'm sure eric can find five bucks in his in his wallet there yeah. you go so jeff <laughs> Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't see much help for uh, R- Rosa Carlos Rosa. No, we have to rebuild some trust. You know, he called me a hater once, and I gotta say, haters gonna hate, dude. Haters gonna <laughs> hate. Yeah, I'm loving sure. this. I'm loving this, man. Come on. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, oh, and we do have an, an, an update for, from our last podcast, uh, yeah. the Russian burgers. Uh, we know Emily did get it out of Gaza. Oh uh, yeah. So we talked, we're going to catch up with all of them hopefully soon. Um, but they have booked flights home and, and are, are headed back to the States. Well, I think the States, I'm not sure if it had, she's heading back to the UK or coming to Chicago. Um, I assume her, her dad's going wherever she is. Um, but yeah, good news. Well, she's got a she can't get her husband out though. Right. No, unfortunately, because he's his citizen. He's Palestinian right. born, right? But right. um, you know, I mean, I don't know if there I don't know what's going on over there now. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad she I'm glad she's out, but uh dominoes are falling all over from Gaza. You see what's going on with the PKK and Turkey. Yeah. And my like brother Nick had right. this great uh piece on it. That yeah, we ran on Jodcast News. Yeah. But um, it, it's, we'll have it's, to get back to that. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Obviously, it's the big stuff. But, um, you know, that, look for that soon. Hopefully catch up with them. Talk to Nick again. Get some take on, on what's happening. And, yeah, we'll have Burke stuff. I don't know. We'll have to. You and I can maybe reenact some of the Burke stuff. We'll do some radio theater of the mind. The, the trial. As long as they don't have him uh, speaking Spanish in the trial. 
No, he has the best Spanish. It's you know, it's, uh, uh, it's so. It's good. not his fault that he was born an Irish guy from the Southwest side. Okay, <laughs> so he doesn't have that lang- the language, you know, that he right. needs. But he at least tried. I mean, exactly. I have I give, look. There was nobody who knew how to run a city council meeting like Ed Burke. He understood because he worked at it. That's the thing that mm-hmm. a lot of these. Yeah, he's corrupt. Okay, I guess they're saying he's corrupt, but they didn't know what they think that he just got this money because he was uh, fortuitous. No. He worked at it. He worked at it. He was driven to detail. Same as with Verdoliak. Driven to detail. And I see these people, like these clowns that are coming in now, like uh, Ramirez Rosa. What a clown. I mean, to put put your hands on people. That shows that you have no... No No tact. Tag, but you have no thought forethought. Yeah, I mean that's, and that's the whole thing about the Chicago way. Mm-hmm. You can use all the muscle you want, but when it comes down to it, the ones who win the Chicago way are the ones who plan, yeah, and think, and play chess three are, moves ahead. Exactly, they're way ahead. They have a plan. They're not. They don't just say whatever comes to mind without realizing they need to back it up with the goods and. Yeah. For John Cass, thank you. Me, chairman, uh, chairman and editor of John Cass News. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer of WGN Radio, future physics teacher, lover of pies, baker of lover of cats. I always, why do I want to think you bake cats? I'm sorry. Well, I know why you want me to think. <laughs> I, I'm just because I'm allergic to the beasties and you know what we'll talk to you again next time on another edition of the chicago way podcast on wgn plus